Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Hauk, and thanks for joining me, guys. Today's episode is absolutely excellent, and I am super excited to share more with you guys about what it's all about. But first, let's run through the iTunes review of the week. So it comes from Stephanie McKitt. She says, excellent podcast, amazing guests. Angela is blowing my mind. I've always tried to think of topics to write about on my blog and I think, well, this topic is too simple or this I can't make sound interesting and I end up not writing anything. The ideas she comes up with and the questions she asks with her amazing guests make you want to learn more and she makes my workouts and drives to work fly by. It's not easy to constantly come up with new ideas, but she's totally rocking it. As an online coach myself, I still learn something or get more creative after listening to her guests talk about their experiences. I will be listening for a long, long time. So thank you, Stephanie, that is very sweet. As you guys know, Stephanie was on an earlier episode and I had an opportunity to talk with her all about intermittent fasting. So go and check that one out. Stephanie is amazing, wealth and knowledge, and I really admire the fact that she took the time to share such a great review. So thank you, Stephanie. Next, today's episode is sponsored by Four Somatic. So guys, I've been raving about this damn coffee. And honestly, I wouldn't put my name behind something that I didn't actually love and, and something that I'm not completely obsessed with. So anywho, let's talk about Four Somatic. So really, I love the Lion's Mane and Chaga for the productivity that it produces, guys. It's literally like, for me, I can produce so much more content and produce so much more brain power within a shorter period of time, which is just amazing. Like I just love feeling like my brain is on fire, feeling like my energy is through the roof. And I cannot believe that five days out from my contest prep, I'm like feeling this fantastic. And I do think Forsomatic is one of the things that have, has contributed to that. So the coffee tastes just like coffee. And even though it's made from mushrooms, you don't taste the fact that it tastes like mushrooms, which is really cool. You just add some hot water. They also have ground coffee if that's more of your preference as well. But it's only 40 milligrams of caffeine, which is not very much at all. And really the power comes from the things that are in the mushrooms, which is really cool, because then you get to have this energy boost, but you don't have that massive crash that comes afterwards. They also sell caffeine-free products if caffeine is something that you want to avoid altogether. But anywho, they are awesome. I'm just super, super excited to share them, and I love that they get to be our first sponsor of the podcast. So if you want to give it a try, head on over to forcematic.com, and if you enter in uh, the discount code Angehauk, that's A-N-G-E-H-A-U-C-K, you get to save some money. And I'm all about saving you guys some money, especially for things that I know you're going to love. So anywho, that's enough about the coffee. Let's talk about today's awesome guest. Her name is Erin, and I met her at the Arnold's, but she is just one of those superstar type of women like I saw her and I was like, uh, I gotta get to know you. She just has an amazing energy to her. And yeah, I'm really grateful that she came on and shared so many good nuggets of information. So today's conversation goes all into grocery shopping, how to shop by macros, how to read labels, how to simplify your cooking, how to eat healthy on a budget, how to make good meals for your entire family, high protein snacks, uh, go to restaurants, like finding balance from being a good parent, but also protecting time for yourself. Like this interview is amazing, guys. I know that you are going to absolutely love it. So enough from me and all my blabbering. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Erin Merle is a physical therapist, a licensed nutrition consultant through the Diet Doc, an entrepreneur and mom to a six-year-old boy. She's the owner of the Diet Doc Nashville, a science-based flexible dieting nutrition coaching business and also the co-founder of the Diet Doc Lifestyle. She formed this as a sub-brand of the Diet Doc with a girlfriend. 
She holds a master's degree in physical therapy and is a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer. When she isn't working or spending time with her son, she can be found doing acro yoga, handstands, playing outdoors, or cooking. A foodie through and through, Erin specializes in putting a healthy twist on any recipe and enabling her clients to reach their health goals while still enjoying the foods that they love. So Erin and I, we actually met at the Arnold's a couple months back and immediately I was drawn to her energy. We had a great chat all about business and fitness, nutrition, mommy life, all that stuff. So I am super pumped to have her on as a guest. And before we get going, guys, I want you to head on over to Instagram and follow Erin because she's always posting these amazing easy swaps to make meals more macro friendly. So welcome Erin. It is amazing to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, That was a really great introduction. I appreciate that. I must say the feeling is mutual as far as um, when I met you at the Arnold, I just felt drawn to you and um, uh, we were fast friends. So it was it was great. Good stuff, good stuff. So Erin, have you always been into health and fitness or how did this begin for you? Um, yes, I have. I, um, you know, I was an athlete as a child. I played soccer and um, mostly soccer, but also some volleyball and softball. And uh, I've always loved running just as a, you know, an outlet. And when I was in high school, I started teaching group fitness classes at a local karate academy. And um It was mostly kickboxing classes, and I did that all throughout high school and college. Uh, So I've always been into fitness and athletics. And then um, also from the time I was in elementary school, I was fortunate enough to just know that I wanted to be a physical therapist when I grew up. And so that was my trajectory from childhood, uh, go to college and become a physical therapist. And those two things, you know, fitness and therapy have gone hand in hand. Um, and then, you know, slowly over the years, I, I started to get into weightlifting as I got older, I got really excited at the prospect of being lean and muscular because, um, you know, I would, I would see people lifting weights in the gym and think like, I always just do cardio. What if I started doing this? What could I look like? So I got into weightlifting as a hobby, probably within the last five years or so. And that is what has led me down the path of nutrition. Um, So I sort of fell into the nutrition coaching business by accident and then out of my own desire to learn how to eat for my sport. Very cool. And then is that how you got connected with the diet doc or did you have your own coach who taught you about nutrition or, or what did that look like for you? I did hire a coach because um, I had wanted to do a photo shoot after I had been lifting weights for a few years. I, I didn't have a desire to compete, but I wanted to document my progress. So I basically went through a whole contest prep with a coach and um, leaned out. We spent about uh, four months in prep and I had a really great photo shoot and um, we used flexible dieting to do the cut. So I already knew what flexible dieting was, macro-based dieting. I, I didn't know anything about the diet doc though until um, I was actually driving to the Arnold about, I guess, three years ago. And I was listening to a podcast of Lane Norton's and he had interviewed Dr. Joe Klimzeski and he was the founder of the diet doc and uh, sort of the, the guy who popularized macro based dieting. And I was drawn to him because he said he was a physical therapist as his first profession. And he was also from Evansville, Indiana, which is my hometown. And I was like, what? I've never heard of this guy. What? He's from my town. This is so weird. So um, I thought, well, I'll just reach out and connect. And I had no idea that that would lead me to um, eventually, you know, becoming a licensed diet doc clinician and having my own nutrition coaching business. So uh, kind of a crazy turn of events and, you know, wasn't necessarily part of my life plan, but it's become an exciting extra business for me. (laughs) 
You know what's so funny about that is because I had Lane on the podcast a couple weeks ago and he told me the story of how he got connected with Joe because he lived in the same town. So <laughs> I want to know how in the world did all three of you guys end up in the same town? Like, I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's really funny. And now, you know, I live in Nashville and Lane is down in Florida. And it, it's just, yeah, it blew my mind also to find out that Lane was from Evansville as well because I had followed him just on social media for a few years before that. Never known that he was from Evansville, so. <laughs> Is it a big place? Like, I, I don't really know much about places in the States because I'm from Canada, but is it, like, right. heavily populated or no? Not at all, no. That's so funny. <laughs> now, for Indiana, it is one of the bigger towns in Indiana, but um, it is still not really known for anything spectacular. It's it's a farming community, sort of a, a small town, and um, they call it a flyover state. When you're going from one big city to the next big city, you fly over Indiana, but you mm-hmm. don't ever stop in there. <laughs> That's so funny so funny well there are some good genetics that are coming out of there in terms of brain power that is for sure well thank you awesome so for those that don't know what macro based nutrition is would you be able to expand further on that Erin yes um so whether you call it flexible dieting which is I think the most popular term people use or macro based dieting the concept of macronutrients is that all the foods that we eat contain one of the three macronutrients um, or a combination of those three. And those are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And those are what we track in terms of teaching our clients how to eat. We have them select a ratio of proteins, carbs, and fats within all of their meals. And um, within that ratio, there's a total calorie goal for the day that they would eat. So, so that's, you know, the simplest version. Um, we get down to a lot more details with our clients in terms of understanding how to group certain macronutrients at different times of day according to what your activity levels are or your hunger or your goals. Um, but that's that's the most simplest way to explain it. Um, it's a way of tracking your food and your total calories by monitoring your macronutrients. And you can use that whether your goal is to lose weight, to gain weight, to add muscle, to eat around a medical condition. It's beneficial for everyone. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm a newbie and I'm brand new to flexible dieting. What are like the first couple of steps to getting started? I like to tell people the the most beneficial thing is to download an app on your phone. There's a ton out there such as MyFitnessPal, Lose It, My Macros, and just start logging what you're eating. Um, you don't even necessarily have to change what you're eating. Eat as you normally would for like a week and log that. And that gives you a baseline idea of how many calories you take in on a daily basis. And the app will also break down the macronutrients uh, within the total calories. So you can understand how many grams of protein am I getting in a day? How many grams of fat? How many grams of carbohydrate? And then you can make adjustments based on that once you've got that initial input. So that would be my first step, the most basic one. And it also gives you an idea of understanding what you're eating, what's in your food and knowing, okay, an egg is a source of fats and proteins. If I take out the yolk and I just have the white, that's a source of pure protein. So it's a really great way to understand your food and then also to understand your portion sizes and get a feel for eyeballing or even weighing and measuring your portion sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with everything that you just said there. Now, let's say we're starting with flexible dieting and we're going to the grocery store for the first time and we're like, well... I can eat anything, right, with counting macros. How do we know how to shop by macros? Like, how do we know what we should grab from the grocery store when there's, like, hundreds of options? 
One of the big things that I address with my clients is not just what to eat um, or what foods to choose, but it's how to set up their environment for success. So I like to teach them how to shop, how to plan ahead. That's one of the biggest factors in success is planning ahead. So shopping by macros is sort of a term that I coined a while back because I started to realize this was a habit, a routine that I had that felt so normal and intuitive to me. I didn't realize I was doing it. But when I would speak to other people about it, they were like, oh my gosh, that's such a great plan. So what I do is... Um, I like to shop what's on sale for the week. So I look through the ads for the grocery store. They come out every Wednesday and they run for seven days through the following Tuesday. And I'll find the protein source that's on sale that week. Oftentimes they'll have buy one, get one free chicken breast, which is a huge money saver. Um, Maybe it's shrimp or some sort of seafood or pork tenderloin. I'll find whatever lean cut of meat is on sale. Um, Usually protein is the most difficult macronutrient for us to get because it's expensive. It usually requires refrigeration. It usually requires cooking. Um, So I have my clients prioritize protein first. Um, It's also the one that most of us eat the least of. So we pick a protein source that's on sale for the week at the grocery and that's going to be our primary protein. So you make that part of your list and you choose meals that you think you might have throughout the week based on that. So you could choose two or three recipes you might want to cook or if you don't necessarily have the time to plan the recipes in advance, if you can at least get that protein source and cook it. Uh, Let's say it's chicken breast, for example, I will go to the grocery get a bunch for the week, and then I'll throw it all into the slow cooker with just a neutral flavor base, maybe some salt, pepper, and chicken broth. And then I have it available all week and I can season it to make all sorts of different meals. I can, you know, pull out portions that I need and throw it on a salad, or I could put it on a baked potato, or I can add some taco seasoning and have tacos. So it's it's really versatile and can be used throughout the week with all your different meals. And you have no excuse not to be able to pack your lunch and take it to work or not to have a quick dinner ready at the end of the day when you get home from work. Um, so that's, that's my step one for shopping by macros is get that protein source. Um, step two is just make a list. Prioritize some fruits and veggies that you think you wanna eat. They can be fresh, frozen, canned, um, and put those on the list. I also tell my clients to shop the perimeter of the grocery store. That's where you're going to find your produce, your meats, your dairies, um, a lot of the less processed foods, and then shop the aisles within moderation and um, stick to the grocery list. So that's my shop by macros idea. Um, And then the last part of that is to not feel like you have to cook every single meal. What I do is I'll usually cook three days a week and I'll cook in large quantities and I'll cook every other day so that I have, uh, if I cook on Sunday night, we'll eat those leftovers again on Monday. I'll cook again a different meal on Tuesday night. We'll eat those leftovers on Wednesday. Uh, And that's how it goes throughout the week so that I'm not cooking every single night and um, I'm still getting a variety of meals, but uh, it allows me, you know, that balance of, of cooking enough so that I'm prepared, but not having to feel like it's an obligation every night. Mm-hmm. And how do you plan your meals or plan out what your day is going to look like macro-wise? Is there like a step-by-step procedure that you like to teach your clients about for that as well? Like for example, adding the protein sources in first or like prioritizing a certain amount of fruits and vegetables, anything like that with your planning? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I like to ask my clients if they have a pretty clear idea of what the day ahead looks like to go ahead and log what they think their meals will be in their app for the day so that they can know in advance what they're going to eat and when. Sometimes you've gone too far and you've overeaten for the day, or maybe you haven't gotten enough protein. And at the end of the night, you're trying to eat a whole bunch of 
you know, canned tuna to make up for something that you could have had throughout the day. So I, I say log them in advance, um, like in the morning, or if you can't log it just right at the time of that meal before you put it in your mouth. <laughs> um, and I do like to say, pick your protein first, and then you can plug in the other carbs and fats um, where, where you want them. And the great thing is about macro-based dieting is it allows for flexibility to eat the foods you enjoy. For example, I love peanut butter and any type of nut butter. Anyone who knows me knows that I have like this secret collection that I keep locked up with all these amazing flavors that I don't like to share. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fit girl thing. Cause I feel like every Every female fitness person that I have on the podcast when we talk about favorite foods, it's like, I have no idea why we love peanut butter, but it's just like one of those things that we just can't get enough of. I know. I have yet to put my finger on what it is about it, but yeah, it's amazing. We need like a macro-friendly version though. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so far they've come out with high protein, but I need a lower fat nut butter. So if anybody else is listening <laughs> or a calorie free variate or calorie free right. one would be even better right like totally <laughs> <laughs> but anyway because i love nut butter so much i like to save a lot of my fat grams for those things um so i plan my day sort of around that like at breakfast time i usually eat some eggs and some oats but instead of having the whole egg i'll choose to have the carton of liquid egg whites because that's fat free so i'll save my fat grams for those nut butters that i like to have as a snack throughout the day so that's one of the things i teach my clients in terms of planning ahead is uh, choose what foods you enjoy and then um, learn how to swap those in and make other swaps at other meals so that it all fits within your macronutrient goals for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, that's amazing, Erin. Now, what about reading labels? Do you have any tips for people when they're looking and let's say they're looking at five different bags of chips and they're like, which bag of chips should I choose? Do you have any go-tos in terms of tips for that? Um, let's see with, with chips, you know, it's kind of hard to find a low fat chip. Uh, so a lot of times what people are looking for is that crunchiness and that satisfaction of a crunchy, salty bite. So I like to recommend maybe an alternative. If you can't find a low fat chip or a low carb chip, let's look for something else that's crunchy and salty. Um, so a great alternative to that might be a rice cake. And it doesn't have to be just the bland one. It can be the, uh, you know, the flavored ones, or maybe it's uh, some nuts so that you're not getting so many of the processed foods um, and the preservatives and additives from a potato chip. You could get that in a more natural version of a nut. You're still going to have some of the, the fat that comes with a potato chip and that, but uh, it's all about finding foods that might meet the flavor that you're looking for or the texture without necessarily going for the one that's going to just blow your macronutrient budget for the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about cravings for things that are sweet or chocolate? I got lots of listeners and people in my network that are always asking me, what can I have that is going to satisfy my craving for something like that? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's all kinds of crazy food hacks out there. They range from, you know, no calorie um, syrups, whether it's a chocolate syrup or strawberry syrup, and you could put that on um, some Greek yogurt and add a little bit of fruit or granola. And it feels like you're having an ice cream sundae or a little protein powder in that uh, to add some chocolate or vanilla flavor. Um, I like to make what I call like protein ice cream and I'll use either some Greek yogurt or some cottage cheese. I will use protein powder, uh, either chocolate or sometimes a cinnamon swirl flavor and uh, xanthan gum, which is a thickener mm -hmm. and lots of 
ice cubes. Sometimes you can even throw in some spinach or a little bit of almond milk and I'll mix that all up in the blender. And it's this really rich, creamy, thick, um, frozen treat. It feels like frozen yogurt. You can top it with anything you want or just eat it plain. So it's all about finding what you can swap out. Uh, sort of like I mentioned with potato chips, you can still get that same feeling of, oh, I'm having a decadent treat, but you don't have to blow your calorie budget. Uh, another great thing that I do is frozen fruit. I'll buy a bag of frozen mixed berries, blueberries, cherries, and uh, just eat that out of the bag. Uh, feels like you're eating ice cream. I even will sometimes mix that with protein powder to give it some flavor, a little vanilla protein powder. And the frozen fruit as it melts sort of makes a protein syrup that's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to try that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Now, what about the process of simplifying cooking for those that are like, oh, I just don't like cooking or I find it tough to find the time to cook. Do you have any tips for that, Erin? Absolutely. So one of my go-tos is uh, rotisserie chicken from the grocery that's already been cooked for you. And you can even buy it at some groceries where they've uh, already taken apart the chicken and, you know, taken it off the bone. You can also do frozen foods. Um, just pop it in the microwave like a frozen grilled chicken strip uh, that's not breaded. You can easily buy those. You can even eat out at restaurants. I always tell my clients, don't feel like you have to cook everything at home. Um, you can travel. You can eat out every meal a day, even if you're not traveling, and still reach your goals if you know how to navigate the menu at a restaurant. Uh, so you look for things like grilled, baked, broiled, as opposed to things that say they're fried or breaded. Um, you select lots of um, fruits and veggies as opposed to pastas and rices that are going to add up on the carb content. We also know that portion sizes at restaurants are usually two to three times uh, what a standard serving size is. And if we're overeating at a meal more than what our body needs at that meal, um, the excess is going to be stored as body fat. So one strategy is to ask the waiter to immediately bag up your half of your food when they bring it to you so you don't overeat. Uh, you could practice sharing a meal with a friend. Beware of salads at restaurants. They are full of healthy veggies, which we want, but they're usually loaded with tons of fat. Sometimes all the fat grams we need in one day is found in one salad at a restaurant. Uh, if you think about the things they put on it that are really high fat, like cheese, avocados, nuts, oil-based dressings, um, egg yolks. So you need to know how to navigate the menu. And that's where having a coach to educate you is really helpful. Uh, but you can certainly eat out at restaurants or, um, you know, fast food and still meet your health goals. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And all of the information for a lot of the options at restaurants will be in your MyFitnessPal. And you can even like have those go-to restaurants and the go-to meals that you can have on a regular basis because you know that they're macro friendly or look it up ahead of time and really just yeah just know what you're getting into and plan the rest of your day accordingly yeah i'm so glad you mentioned that um that is a really great tip about the apps a lot of the apps already have um you know, if you go to Subway and order like a six inch turkey breast, you can easily pull that up on the app and the information is right there. One thing I do like to point out is always cross-reference the data that you see in the app um, that's been contributed yes. by other users, because sometimes there will just have a total calorie listing, but it might not necessarily say the macros. So you don't know um, the proteins, carbs, and fats, or maybe they're just crazy wrong. Maybe they were entered incorrectly and there's nobody, uh, no Wizard of Oz sitting back there checking those entries to make sure that they're accurate. So yeah. Sometimes you don't know if it's right. So you can look up, uh, if it's a chain restaurant, you can look up online. Usually their menu and their nutrition information is on there. So 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like, for example, you'll go to enter something that you know is a carb because it's a fruit or a vegetable and it will say zero carbs. And then you're like, okay, well, there has to be, there has to be some carbs in that, right? So you yeah. learn that over time. But certainly I love that you mentioned bringing that to people's attention. You always want to be a little bit skeptical or even ask your coach or, yeah, do your own research on it to make sure that those numbers that you're computing are ones that are reputable. I find with searching for things like fruits and vegetables and even meats and stuff, if I type in USDA, it can often bring up more accurate numbers for for things like your meats and for your fruits and vegetables that maybe are going to come up with a wider uh, variety of numbers for that particular thing. Yes, that's a great tip. Yeah, you know that it's coming from um, a reputable source if you do the USDA. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now, what, what are your go-to meals for you and your family? Uh, I love salads. I think they're so versatile. Um, and it's a great way to get your veggies. Um, so I'll probably eat a salad at least every day or every other day. Uh, and, you know, you can do taco seasoning on your whatever protein and throw that on the salad and make like a taco salad. Um, with some beans, you can do fat-free cheese. So that's a pure source of protein without the added fats. Um, you can make it a Greek salad. So you can have some fat-free feta cheese or low fat. Um, you can put eggplant on it, maybe some olives, red onions. So you can really customize it and feel like you're getting a different flavor experience. You know, every culture has a different type of salad uh, that they enjoy. You can make a like a roasted or grilled vegetable salad. In the summertime, I love to grill corn and onions. Mm-hmm. So my salads throughout the week with some fresh tomatoes. Um, so that, that's one of my go-to meals. Another thing, I have the same breakfast every day and it feels like I'm having dessert for breakfast. Uh, so I love to eat oatmeal, but I want it to be high protein. And one thing that a lot of people do is they'll just stir protein powder into their oats, but I don't find that to be very filling for me. Um, I use protein powder very minimally because I like the experience of chewing and having like a high volume food. And for me, that's just, um, you know, it's not satisfying. So instead of that, I will cook my oats uh, with egg whites instead of water. And I'll do it in the microwave. I, I spray my bowl with some Pam and I'll pour the oats and the egg whites in the microwave and I'll add some cinnamon. I'll usually add a little bit of either ground flax or chia seeds um, for some healthy fats. And then I will add a sweetener. Maybe it'll be like a powdered stevia or the liquid stevia drops. And I'll microwave that then I will add whatever I'm feeling like, some either blueberries or strawberries. Sometimes I'll put some powdered peanut butter on top or some, some real peanut butter or nut butter. Uh, sometimes I will add like a calorie-free maple syrup or caramel sauce to it. And it's super high protein. It's quality carbs that are going to give me, you know, sustained, slow digesting energy throughout my morning and hold me over until lunch. And like I said, it feels like dessert for breakfast. I'm totally trying that. I mean, I'm a week out from my show, so I'm probably not going to try it tomorrow, but you are making me just like ooze with that sounds delicious. (laughs) I mean, I love food. (laughs) Yes, yes. I love food too. And you know what? Flexible dieting is the best. Like I've been prepping now for a while, but I... I feel like I'm prepping, but I don't feel like I'm prepping because it's like I love what I eat. I am like you get to a point where, yeah, you obviously you don't have a ton of food that you're eating, but you are in control of all of it versus it being like you are forced to eat this and you just feel this totally different sense of. I don't know, just just happiness. I'm like happy versus being like, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of one of the primary human needs is autonomy and the ability to make your own decisions Mm -hmm. and 
that's where flexible dieting, I think, is so successful for so many people because they're not forced to eat foods that they don't like. Mm -hmm. They're not forced to eat the same meal day after day. And they can choose things that they like uh, within moderation. They can have those indulgences here and there. So, you know, really, it's to me, the most sustainable form of diet is the one you're going to stick with. We see people lose weight on different diets all the time successfully. Uh, People lose weight on Whole30, they lose weight on Weight Watchers, they lose weight on the ketogenic diet, but how many people actually stick with that once they've reached their goal? Not a lot, it's not sustainable. They were eating things that they were told to eat or things that they didn't enjoy. Uh, And so that's where flexible dieting I think is so sustainable as a lifestyle for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. I always say that to people because they they often ask me like, what are your thoughts on this? And what are your thoughts on that? And all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, like if you want to try keto, go for it. But just think to yourself, am I going to be able to eat keto forever? No, <laughs> probably not. Most people are, are probably not going to be able to stick to that lifestyle forever. So to right. me, it's it's pointless to put all the effort in for a short period of time and then reverse it all and then have to start back at square one. It makes way more sense just to have a diet that is inclusive and a diet that brings you joy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find that you have a lot of clients who um, have come to you that they've They've tried um, keto or any other of the popular diets out there right now and um, maintained that? Or would you say that most of yours have sort of had the yo-yo dieting experience? Yeah, I would say most people have had some sort of yo-yo dieting experience or they haven't had any experience. It can go either way. It can come Mm -hmm. that they have never really pursued wanting to lose weight or they have but they haven't really like some people have like talked about doing it but haven't really committed to a program for anything longer than a couple of weeks but yeah I would I would say that's generally where they start I've had a lot of my competitors that come to me fall into two camps either they've done flexible dieting in the past and they have the knowledge and understanding of it they're just ready now to step on stage and take it to that next level or they fall into the camp of They've done meal plan preps in the past and they're like, I've heard that you do flexible dieting for contest prep, so I'd like to give that a try. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are most of your clients contest prep clients? I would say about 25% are contest prep clients um, and then the other 75% would be lifestyle clients. Now, some of them I would say... Um, I service through like the group challenges that we do. Um, mm-hmm. So there's quite a few that, that go through that program a few times throughout the year. But in terms of the one-on-ones that I work with, I would say that would be about it. How about you? Do you do contest prep? Very few. I've had a few contest prep clients, um, but it's it's not um, something I love doing because, A, I'm not a competitor. I'm not the most up-to-date in terms of that field. And um, B, I really love the just the general population um, people. I feel like I, I have a greater impact on people that I can educate on how to eat for life. And um, especially when they come with any sort of medical condition and they're like, I need to lose this weight or else I'm going to be facing, you know, this chronic condition or, you know, I want to lose this weight to get off of my hypertension medication or I'm pre-diabetic and I'm afraid that I'm going to be a full-blown diabetic if I don't change my life lifestyle and and having my background in the medical field with physical therapy I can really make a bigger impact on them um, so it's it's more meaningful work for me I think doing the general population clients um, than the contest prep that's not to say that the contest prep isn't important it's it's an amazing sport and these people are tremendous athletes with some incredible discipline and admirable determination. I really love learning from them and I thrive off of their energy. But um, I do feel like I'm a better coach when it comes to gen pop weight loss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think whatever 
your field ends up being and and the place that feels right for you in terms of the type of clients just makes sense that you would specialize and continue to to work on um that particular population versus trying to be a service that services everybody and does a really good job at service serving everybody i feel like in that in that case you just you don't have an opportunity to really get like get deep and become very very good at what it is that you would that what it is that you do right yeah yeah totally Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, what about people who struggle to get to their protein goals? Do you have some strategies or high protein snacks that could help in that department? Um, yeah, a, a quick and easy way is just to have a protein shake. A lot of people don't think about the fact that that's a you know readily available source of protein. And you know, if you're in a pinch and you just need to get some protein, just mix it with water or a little bit of milk, low calorie almond milk or something. Um, so that's, you know, the most simple and convenient way. Additionally, if you need some protein that you want in terms of food, you can chew and not just a shake, um, but you don't have time to cook or maybe you don't have the money to buy some really expensive protein sources. Canned tuna or canned chicken breast are a great alternative. They're less expensive and it's already cooked. You just have to pop open the can or they even sell it in the pouches now, which is more convenient if you're on the go or you have to eat in your car like I often do. Um, You can buy hard-boiled eggs at the grocery store that have already been cooked and peeled. So a lot of people don't realize that. Most of the deli sections have those available. Um, If you have to go, you know, if you don't have time to cook a meal or bring something from home and you're on the run and you feel like you have to go through a fast food restaurant or a drive through, if you have five minutes to do that, you also have five minutes to stop at the grocery instead and just pick up maybe some fresh sliced meat from the deli and some bread. You can eat a sandwich literally on the go that way without having to resort to fast food um, or grab like a, a eight ounce container of cottage cheese or Greek yogurt out of the grocery. Um, so that's a really quick, convenient source of protein as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. Now you beef the- I love beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerky is pretty awesome for sure. Now you do these cool things on Instagram where you do these swaps. So let's just go through a couple of the swaps that I've seen on your page recently. So you're looking at all the yogurts and you're not sure which yogurt you should pick. How do you know that you're making a good selection with something like that? Ah, yes. So the first thing I look at is the fat content. Um, I try to select either a 2% fat or fat-free yogurt. I also look at protein content. So we know Greek yogurt is much higher in protein uh, because it's been strained. So it's concentrated and a lot of the water is taken out. It is thicker. Uh, so I go for a Greek yogurt as opposed to a plain yogurt. Um, so protein and fat. And then, um, when you're looking at the carb content, you want to make sure that there's not added sugars. A lot of the flavored yogurts, whether it's vanilla or has some sort of fruit, they have a lot of added sugars. So, um, you know, I go for more like maybe 10 or fewer grams of sugar per serving. Um, And if I want to sweeten it up a little on my own, I might add something to it. Like uh, I've, I've used the crystal light drink, the powdered drink mix and sprinkled that on, or even some powdered stevia, or you can add some cinnamon. Uh, So there's ways to sweeten it up or fresh fruit without having to buy the pre-sweetened kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are awesome. Now, what about uh, one of the other ones I saw recently was you did a burger swap. So you had a burger on the top versus a burger on the bottom. And what were the differences between those two, Erin? Ah, uh, let me think. Um, I think I had done a chicken burger versus a beef burger, if I remember correctly. So we know that usually chicken is going to be leaner, especially if you select all white meat, which is the breast, as opposed to a mixture of light and dark meat. Um, The dark meat is a little fattier. Um, And then beef, 
Typically, most beef burgers are made from ground chuck, which is an 80%, 80-20 ratio of protein to fat. Uh, if you can get a lean cut of beef, um, like 93% lean or higher, uh, that's great. But most burgers you buy from a restaurant are not that lean. Um, so I opted for chicken over beef. And then when it comes to the bun, um, it, it sort of depends on where you want to spend your carbs. You can, if you really are a bread person and you love that bun, then get your carbs there. Uh, if you can skip on the bun and maybe get your carbs from something else, if you want some some fries or some chips or something on the side, you can get your carbs there and have um, like a lettuce wrap instead of the bun. Um, you can ask for cheese to be removed if you don't want the extra fat from that. Uh, you can have any type of mayonnaise or sauce on the side. Uh, you can opt for maybe a extra serving of tomatoes or onions or lettuce as your veggies if you want to add that to it. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else on no, that? No, I think, I think you pretty <laughs> much covered. That was excellent. <laughs> that was so good. And you did so another... Yeah, you did another cool post, too, that I think people would be interested in. And that's talking about you got 100 different options for bread. What in the world should you be looking for? What bread is going to be best? Or what are some of the things you should just be considering when you're looking at the labels for something like that? Oh, yeah, that was a recent one. So uh, I always encourage my clients to get a whole grain, like 100% whole grain. And the packaging is so confusing on these food labels. We see words thrown out there like multigrain or even one that says 100% wheat does not mean that it's whole wheat. It uh, just means that they used wheat as opposed to a mixture of like wheat or rye or oat. Uh, but that doesn't mean it was the whole grain. So you want to look for things that say whole grain and 100% whole grain. If it says enriched, that means that it's not a whole grain. It's been refined and um, it's less nutritious. So you're not going to get all of the benefit of, of the nutrient. And also it's going to be faster digesting carb when it's already been partially broken down. So you're not going to feel as full for as long and you might get an energy crash. Whereas if you're going through the whole grain, not only are you getting the nutritional benefits, um, but you're also getting sustained energy for a longer time, you're going to feel fuller as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to somebody who comes and wants to work with you, Erin, are you able to identify if there might be a sensitivity or even an allergy in relation to certain foods? Do you ever play around with things like that in terms of excluding them from the diet to see what kind of benefits there would be for that particular individual? Uh, I only really work on, I only recommend they exclude certain things when they report specific reactions, um, whether it's some sort of bowel issues. Uh, a lot of clients don't like to talk about it, but you have to ask them, are you having constipation? Are you having diarrhea? Are you having regular bowel movements? Um, because a lot of times when we change our diet, these things happen. And um, sometimes you're actually getting too much fiber or too many fibrous vegetables and you need a balance of starchy type carbohydrates. And that's really important for not wrecking your digestive system. You know, so being in tune with that with your clients and teaching them how to get a balance of fibrous and starchy carbohydrates is really important. Sometimes if they eat too many protein bars, they're getting a lot of that low quality soy fiber and that can really wreck havoc on your digestive system as well. So I like to monitor that. And then also, um, you know, how do they feel in terms of just their stomach? Are they feeling bloated after they eat certain foods or, um, you know, are certain things causing like an energy crash? So it might be a need to, um, you know, monitor the amount of processed foods they're eating. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you mentioned food intolerances. A lot of people are going gluten-free uh, when they really don't need to. They think that they have a gluten allergy or a gluten intolerance. Uh, there is true celiac disease, which people can be 
diagnosed with, but it's a very small percentage of the population. But then why do people feel better when they say they've cut out gluten? It's not necessarily that gluten was the culprit. A lot of times it was just because they cut out the processed foods that contain gluten and they replaced them with more wholesome foods and fruits and veggies. And so they naturally feel better. They are not so bloated. And it was not so much the gluten that was the culprit. It was more of the additives and preservatives and the processed foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I even think like gluten-free is just one of those things that's trendy, the way that keto is trendy and the way that yeah. other diets are trendy. Like people are, I don't know, they like to talk about what it is that they're doing with their nutrition just because they become like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like, they, it's the in thing. So they're like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And it's like, well, yeah. really, they're, you're spending more money on something that you don't really need to be spending more money on, you know? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I love to talk about Coke because um, people were drinking Diet Coke, like calorie-free and not necessarily gaining weight. And then within like the last decade or so, there's been this huge movement for natural foods and people didn't want the artificial sweeteners in Diet Coke. So Coke comes out with Coke with real sugar. And um, so people started drinking Coke with real sugar thinking it's natural and it's healthier. And they didn't realize they're getting all this extra sugar, which is a carbohydrate. Yes. And, you know, not a great source of carbohydrate. And they're gaining weight. And so some Sometimes it might be healthier if your goal is weight loss to have the artificial sweeteners and have the Diet Coke as opposed to the real sugar Coke because natural doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the best in terms of your health. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you say to people then when they fight you on artificial sweeteners or fight you on like wanting to be more natural and, and not wanting to have anything that's processed? You know, I, I say do what you need to do according to your goals. If your goal is weight loss, you might have to go with some of the less natural foods if you need to cut out some of the extra sugars in your diet. Um, You might have to have some artificial sweeteners or you can just cut it all out altogether. You know, if you don't want Diet Coke or real sugar Coke, maybe let's try some tea or some coffee. Um, Let's try maybe some water flavored with some citrus fruit or some cucumber. There's ways to find a food or a drink that you enjoy without having to have extra sugar or having to have the artificial sweeteners. There's always an alternative that we can come up with. So it, it's all relative to what our goals are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have to pick your battles, right? Like that's what I yeah. often just say to people. It's like, I'd love to say you can have your cake and eat it too. But when it comes to goals, that's just not the reality of it. It's like mm-hmm. you, you are going to have to make some sacrifices. There are going to be some things you're going to have to say no to if your goals are important. And And yeah, it's just, it's kind of what comes along with trying to chase after those goals. Now I get a, I get a question all of the time and I wonder how you approach it with your particular clients and it's, how do you stay motivated? Mm, Yeah, well, motivation ebbs and flows for all of us. Um, And it's easy to get distracted when you have a lot going on in your life. Um, I think one of the biggest things that my clients report to me when they've like fallen off their diet for a time is just that they got so busy, they were overwhelmed. The most important piece of encouragement that I can give them is that uh, despite your, your motivation levels, don't give up because practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes progress. And a change is not something that's going to occur overnight. And um, it's a long game that you have to be committed to over time. And I think that, um, you know, in addition to the motivation changing, you've got, um, you know, your your brain is changing. It's uh, neuroplasticity, which is new neural connections that we're creating in our brain to change our habits. And that is a slow process. Um, You know, the, the rate of nerve growth is slow and it can take six to 12 months for habit change to take effect as our um, brain changes. So 
don't, uh, even though you might not feel motivated one day, that's not a reason to throw in the towel or to think that you've just completely blown all of your your hard work. Um, each meal and each day is an opportunity to start over again. Uh, so you don't have to wait until Monday. You don't have to wait until next month. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. You can start over again at your very next meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's so powerful, just getting into the mindset of, bouncing back as quick as possible because we all have really crappy days and we all have those times when we maybe feel like we slipped up or feel as though we maybe didn't make the decision in hindsight that we would have wanted to have made. But the worst thing we can do is give ourselves that break before we bounce back from it because that in itself just makes a problem that was maybe a one out of 10 maybe now a five out of 10 or a problem is now an eight out of 10 because we've been continually doing it decision after decision versus that that quick bounce back so I totally agree with that Mm -hmm. absolutely our wellness director at the diet doc dr Corey probst she calls that skill scaffolding um so it's a process of developing the skill and the habit change over time if you think of a scaffold um Mm, i love that layer after layer so don't expect perfection overnight um Mm -hmm. some grace that's one of the biggest things i tell my clients yeah absolutely absolutely now well, you have a six-year-old boy, and I know I'm sure you work with some people who are parents. So how do you balance that? How do you balance being an entrepreneur and also being a mom and also doing this fitness thing? Like how, how do you find balance or at least find harmony with all of those things existing within your life? Mm, yes, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> um, it is really hard. I bounce back and forth between wanting to be really selfish with my own time in terms of my work, which I'm really passionate about and I love doing, and my own hobbies. Um, I love acro yoga. I love weightlifting. Uh, So sometimes I feel like I'm getting really selfish doing all of those things. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough of those and I'm I'm too uh, involved in parenting. So it's always like um, a balancing act, trying to find harmony with myself and my husband and my family and, you know, everybody who has a hand in raising my son. It really does uh, take a village, like they say. The first year or two of my son's life, I felt like this huge weight on my shoulders in terms of trying to be there 100% of the time for him and, you know, be involved in every little aspect of his life. And it's been a process of sort of letting him grow up and thrive on his own. And he's almost seven now. And um, it, it was really hard initially to let go at school and think like, well, I don't know what he's doing throughout the day. I don't know who he's with. I don't know who's teaching him this and that. And I had to learn to let go of some of that and trust that there are other people out there who are helping raise my child. It's, you know, it is on my shoulders, but I'm not alone. Um, so that that's been really helpful. And I'm fortunate that, um, my husband is really, really involved. Um, you know, he's just as much a parent as I am. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate that they have a really great bond and I've got a good support system with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Now, how, how do you help your clients shift from, maybe that mommy mindset or daddy mindset where it feels selfish to do things like go to the gym. How do you help them shift that perspective? Uh, You have to remind them that if they're not taking care of themselves, they're in no position to take care of someone else. And when you completely lose who you are, Um, because you're so wrapped up in one thing, whether it's parenting, which is a lot of it uh, for most people, but sometimes it's not parenting, maybe it's their job or a relationship somewhere else. Um, But when you completely lose yourself in that, or you, you give all of yourself to that one thing, you're giving up other things elsewhere. So you have to um, make that time for yourself and, and, um, you know, pursue the things that you enjoy so that you are happy, so that you have more to give. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just remind them not to feel guilty about taking time for themselves. And you know, if you're not in a position of health, uh, physically or mentally, you're not going to be um, able to serve others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you are an example. Like I do really think your role as a mom or as a dad is if you want your kids to grow up and be strong and healthy, you can't just force that lifestyle on them if you're not actively doing it. And I think like if we want to raise healthy, strong kids, I think it's important that we are showing them that we're taking the time to do that as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. If they see the balance um, that you have within yourself, that's going to set them up for more success within themselves as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, my son's at a copycat stage. So I've just, I've laughed at some of the things that he's been doing that have been replicating what I'm doing. Like (laughs) when he was younger, it was so funny when he was, he had just like started to walk, but was still kind of in the like, crawl to walk stage and when we would walk places he would be walking and then all of a sudden get down into like a downward dog position (laughs) or like push-up position I would look back and be like what are you doing but then you realize like his eyes were watching that that that's what he that's what he's seeing so he thinks that's what he's supposed to do because that's what mommy's doing so yeah I just remind yeah I remind myself of those moments when I see him replicating and right now because I'm preparing for my fitness competition seeing him flex his muscles is like the cutest thing in the entire world (laughs) I love that yeah my son went to school yesterday they had a fitness day and so he was really excited he got to wear some exercise clothes Oh, I love it. He asked if he could take uh, like some some weightlifting gloves to school. And I was like, heck yeah, buddy. These are my old ones I don't use anymore. You go ahead. So I love that they get into that and they replicate it. He even wanted to take some dumbbells. I had to stop him from that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'll he'll progress up, right? Right. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Now, where can people find you online, Aaron? Uh, I am on Facebook, just Aaron Merle, and I do have a Facebook page. Um, I have the Diet Doc Nashville Facebook page, and then I also have the Diet Doc Lifestyle Facebook page, which is my sub-brand. My website is www.thedietdoclifestyle.com. My friend Shannon Morse from San Francisco has a a locations page, and then there's a Nashville locations page as well on our website, which we have together. Uh, And then I'm on Instagram just as Erin Merle, 7 seven seven um that's m-u-r-r-e-l-l um and then my email is aaron at the dietdoc.com amazing amazing and we wrap up every episode of the podcast in the same way so aaron how would you like to be remembered oh that's a great question um i like that i would say something i always strive to be is um, non-judgmental, and I like to give everyone um, a chance to present themselves to me without my preconceived notions, and I like to be accepting of all people, regardless of their faith or their politics or their science and their lifestyle choices, and I hope that people would always find that I promoted a um, loving and accepting environment. And um, I think that even if someone is different from you, it provides an opportunity for you guys to share your stories and maybe help understand someone else's mindset, regardless of whether or not you agree with it. Uh, We don't all have to agree because, I mean, there would be no progress in this world if everybody had the exact same idea. differing views that help propel us forward. So I think um, that the idea of acceptance of all people would be something that I would like to be remembered for. Amazing. That is uh, so good. So, so good, Erin. Well, I want to thank you for all of the work that you're doing and all of the impact that you're making. It's absolutely incredible to watch. And I know that people listening to this episode it was amazing you shared so many good things and I know that there's going to be tons of actionable things that people can take away with them thank you it was so fun chatting with you I love uh love sharing what I know so Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to let you know if I make it to Nashville sometime. And you Please can let me do. know if you get up here. I, uh, I'm pretty close to Toronto. So if you ever make it up here, definitely let me know as well. Yeah, Toronto's on my bucket list for Love sure. <laughs> That's awesome. If nothing else, maybe I'll see you at the Arnold again next year. True, true. I'm sure we'll cross paths at some point. Yeah, and good luck with your competition. You're looking awesome. I'm loving seeing your results. Oh, well, thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate the support. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm just so darn grateful that Erin had the opportunity to come on as a guest. I know all of the great tips that she shared in today's episode are things that you guys will be able to put into practice right away between grocery shopping, grabbing snacks on the go, eating out at restaurants. These are just things that we deal with every day and I'm really grateful that she was able to give you guys some things that you're able to try. So if there's somebody in your life who you know would really appreciate the information in today's podcast, I welcome you to share it with them, guys. That is the power of social media. That is the power of just this interconnected online space. We really do have the opportunity to reach out to more lives and really help people become the best versions of themselves. So know that I would really appreciate it if you shared it with at least one friend. And if you liked today's episode, or maybe you liked a past episode, head on over to iTunes and let me know what you think. It's always great to get feedback. What are you loving? What are you hating? Give me a one star if you don't like it, or maybe give me a five star if the podcast is something that you want to see continue. Until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye.